teacher friend. Welcome to another episode of Simply Teach, a podcast for teachers and by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. I'm a former teacher turned classroom organization and management coach. My passion is to help teachers just like you organize, manage, just love their classrooms. Each episode is full of simple ways to engage your students, stay motivated, and keep up with best practices. Because y'all, I know teaching is hard, but I am so glad that you're here. Welcome to episode number 28. Today, we're talking about five ways that you are failing at classroom organization. Okay, I know that's a little harsh, but stick with me. We're going to talk about five ways that you can improve your classroom organization with things you might not already be doing. It's a new year. Happy 2019, which means that you most likely have some new goals you're working on for this year. I spent the last couple weeks of 2018 working on my power sheets and setting up some intentional goals for the new year. Power sheets, I've talked about it, I believe it was episode number 24, I think. I'll make sure to link to it correctly in the show notes, but I talked about power sheets and how they are such an effective tool for helping me plan and set goals and set lists for each week to help me accomplish my goals. Anyways, I spent the last couple weeks of 2018 working on it, and I set some goals for the new year, except, well, actually, they're more like themes that I want to see evident in my life like growing deeper with my husband through travel and adventure, which that's our word for the year. We've never done that before, but this year we decided to give ourselves a word and that word is adventure. We have lots of trips planned for the upcoming year. Also things like intentional joy for myself by allowing myself a couple days a month just to focus on me and doing things that I enjoy. I want to encourage others by inviting them into our home and showing them the love of Jesus. These are just a few personal things that I want to do in 2019. I also want to grow the Simply Organized Teacher, but what's interesting is the word I chose for myself for 2019 is simplify. I'm the type of person who's constantly adding to my to-do list and never taking things off. In fact, I spent probably the last four months of 2018 working on my monthly tending list, which is like this monthly list you make of monthly, like you make the list every month with goals for the month, goals that you want to need to do each week or things you need to do each week to accomplish your goal and things you need to do each day to accomplish your goal. So anyways, probably the last four months of 2018 as a monthly goal that I wanted to complete, I wanted to finish this thing I call my TSOT to-do list. And it's basically where I write down anything that comes to mind that I want to do related to the blog or podcast. Things like updating old posts, creating new graphics for all the products that you can purchase, updating items on Teachers Pay Teachers. So really, as you can see, things that don't really move the needle in my business or make a difference, things that I just want to do because I feel like I need to do them. So I spent four months writing that on my to-do list and never even accomplished it. It wasn't important. So I settled on the word simplify for 2019. I want to get rid of the things that don't matter in my life, physically, mentally, emotionally, and focus on the things that do. So with that, I really, really, really want to focus on the podcast. I won't be doing as much video or email, and most of the blogs that I write will be centered around the theme of that week's podcast episode. So perhaps you're wondering why I'm telling you all this. Why does any of this matter? Well, I'm sharing some of my goals and my thoughts for this upcoming year to get you thinking about what intentional things you can set up in your life to help you improve your overall well-being for the upcoming year. If you notice, the goals that I mentioned first are all related to my personal life. Then I talk about goals for my business. In your case, it would be personal life, then goals related to things you want to accomplish at school. 
And in complete honesty, at the time of this recording, I haven't even sat down to work on my 2019 goals for the Simply Organized Teacher. I know their overall idea of where I want to go and what I want to do and things I want to accomplish, but I haven't figured out all the details. And I think that we should apply that same logic to our teaching careers because teaching is just that. It's a career. Yeah, it should give us purpose and joy, but at the end of the day, it's our job and we need to remember to treat it and ourselves like it is. So I'm wondering what goals you have for 2019 related to teaching. Do you even have any? I guess I never really set goals while I was teaching. I'm, I'm not sure why I just didn't. I guess probably because until 2018, when I really started digging into the power sheets, I didn't really even set goals for myself. But one thing I want to talk about today is organization in the classroom. With a new year and a fresh start, it is probably likely that you're wanting to get your ish together in your classroom. You know what I meant to say there. We know that organized and clean spaces can lead to a cleaner headspace, thus leading to opportunities for planning intentional lessons, creating inviting spaces in our classrooms, and providing a rich education to our students. Today, I'm going to share with you five ways that you might be failing at classroom organization. Maybe they don't all apply to you, maybe just one or two, but listen carefully, think critically about how you can apply these ideas to your classroom organization, and then develop a plan of how you can improve these areas. So the first thing I want to talk about and how you might be failing at classroom organization is because you don't have a routine in place. Papers come in from the office and they go straight on the U-table, which heads up, I'll finally be launching the U-table organization resource that I've been talking about for the past few months next month in February. In fact, the next solo podcast episode coming out in the last one in January will be all about the U-table organization resource. Anyways, got off topic there. Papers come in, they go straight on the U-table. There's not a set space for where kids turn in their paperwork, so they just end up piled on your desk, on top of the cabinet, on top of the U-table. I encourage teachers to think about the things you do all through the day. So think through every single step you do in a day. The kids come in, where do they put their things? Then they go to their desk and they do their morning work. What do they do? What do they do it in? Think about every little detail of a routine. In fact, you can even write out your day in every routine and transition that you and the kids go through. Then next to each routine or transition, write out what the actual process is for that, how the kids handle that. What's the routine for the kids and their materials and their papers? Write it all out and then schedule it into your planner over the next couple weeks, maybe the first 10 minutes of the day or right when you come back from recess Whenever is a good time to you, 10 minutes a day for the next couple weeks, to teach those routines and implement them. Going along with number one, the number two reason you may be struggling with classroom organization is that you don't have homes for everything. This is what I call, and I'm using air quotes right now, my number one rule for organizing. Everything needs a home. Everything. So side note, story, whatever. Uh, This past weekend, we went to Ikea for maybe the 12th time since moving to Germany. I actually haven't sat down and count, but I need to, although I can't really remember how many times we've gone, so it probably won't do any good. Anyways, um, we went on Friday and I told Cody I would be really quick. I said, hey, we need to go return some stuff. And then I want to just shop through, you know how Ikea, like the first half of the store, the first like three quarters of the store is you walk through like the setup living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms and you look at all the furniture. And then the last little part is just like where you can actually buy little trinkets for your house and dishes and all that kind of good stuff. I just needed to go through the last part. It wasn't like we were not going through the whole store. 
So I offered to him, hey, Cody, if you want, you can bring your Kindle. You can hang out in the cafe lounge area and read while I go shop. But he decided to be a really good husband and be supportive and come shopping with me. But I don't know, maybe an hour and a half later, he was not talking to me. I guess he didn't realize that quick meant less than three hours. Hello. Anyways, he was livid with me for dragging him through Ikea for like the 12 millionth time. And as luck would have it for Cody, we had to go back on Monday. I needed a few more things, which I'll get to what I bought in a minute because I promise it relates. But this time he took his Kindle and he found a chair and like, you know, the very end, the warehouse where you get all your boxes of furniture and stuff. He found a chair in there, sat down with his Kindle and read. I was able to shop freely without him staring at me over my shoulder with this like evil, angry, get out of here look. And he was able to get some reading done. And guess what? We left Ikea without hating each other. So I call that a win. Anyways, I tell you all about that Ikea story because when we went on Monday, I wanted baskets. Cody is so annoyed with all the baskets that I buy. In fact, it's been a big joke ever since moving here because when we sold everything in our home back in Texas, we probably sold at least 15 baskets or bins or crates or whatever. He was so happy to see them go because I guess for him, he maybe sees it as like a waste of money. Clearly, I don't. But... For staying organized, it's really important to me that I have bins that serve as homes for things. For example, in our new home here in Germany, we bought these tiny little bathroom cabinets and I had one half of like one of the shelves in there full of all the extras. You know, you have extra soap, shampoo, toothbrushes, whatever. And it was taking up like half of the shelf. But then I bought a little bin to put it all in and now it's only taking up a quarter of the shelf in the bathroom cabinet. Bins allow you to group things together, thus giving them a home. That's why I like the idea of baskets and bins because I can put like things in there together and it gives them a home. Now they have a place to go when I don't know where to do with them. They have a home so I know where it goes. So how does all this apply to your classroom? We'll pick one cabinet or drawer and look through it in the upcoming week and notice what you have in there. What threads do you see? What common things do you see in that cabinet? How can you organize and group them by like things? Then find some old Amazon Prime boxes. You should have a ton because we just had Christmas. Or if you want, you can take a trip to Ikea with your husband and buy some bins and then organize and give everything a home. I promise that one little step of just giving everything a space in your room, and this can apply to your house guys too, helps to establish those routines for organizing your classroom. Another thing that might be affecting your classroom organization is your mindset. I once said on a podcast that in order to be an effective teacher, you need to be organized. I don't remember what podcast I said it on. I just know that I said it. And then my friend Julie from episode number 20, go listen to that episode. It was such a good conversation with her. Anyways, before we moved one day, uh, she stopped me after church and we were just talking, casual talking. And she mentioned that she heard something on my podcast that she didn't agree with. And the thing that she was referring to that she heard that she didn't agree with was me saying that in order to be an effective teacher, you have to be organized. And I was actually glad she called me out on this because then I realized that maybe I was being a little bit too harsh. She reminded me that even though her U table is sometimes disorganized, she's a damn good writing teacher and guided reading teacher, which I have to agree with her. And for the record, I went into her classroom right before we moved and it was pretty stinking organized and clean. Anyways, I realized after that conversation with Julie that organization isn't key to everyone being an effective teacher. For me, it is. People can have really messy spaces but still be amazing teachers. 
But what I do think is important is to be intentional about creating an organized space for the sake of creating a warm and inviting space for both you and your students. As teachers, I think our mindset is sometimes focused on the kids first, the kids only, getting everything done we need to get done with them. And that sometimes means that we push things that are quote unquote less important off to the side like organization, because I get it. Administration is coming in tomorrow to observe and you need your lesson to be on point. So you're going to spend all your day focusing on getting your lesson plan and your examples made, your materials ready. I I get it. That is important. But I would argue that organization is also really important too. When kids or other teachers, administration, instructional coaches, or even parents walk into your room, we want them to feel that welcoming, warm, inviting, calm, peaceful environment. Did I say peaceful twice? I don't know. Anyways, we want to appear that we have our room under control, so to speak. And one way we can communicate this is by clearing away the clutter. So try to shift your mindset. Organization is important. No, it's not the top priority always, but... When we create an organized, clutter-free space, we clear up our headspace for ourselves to really dig deep into lesson planning and teaching great instruction. I'm also, and I'm not going to go into this, but I'm also a huge believer that lack of organization and all the clutter in your room can lead to behavior issues. So just think about that. Teacher friends, I want to take a second to tell you about my ebook, The Simply Organized Classroom. This ebook is full of tips, tricks, ideas, and resources for you. There's seven different chapters. Here, I'll read them to you really quick. First chapter is Looking Pretty Classroom Layout and Aesthetics. Chapter two, The Simply Organized Classroom Organization Tips. Chapter three, Establishing an Environment Classroom Management Plans. Chapter four, Staying Sane in the Classroom Establishing Routines. Chapter five is taking back your time, time management techniques. Chapter six, smiles, tears, and fears, tips for first-year teachers. And chapter seven is teaching isn't just in the classroom, school dynamics. So I talk about each of those things in the ebook. You can get it by heading over to the Simply Organized Teacher website. Click shop on the top menu bar and you'll see it right there. You can also use the code simplyteach to get 10% off any purchases you make in the shop. The number four reason you might be failing at classroom organization is because you're doing it all on your own. Did you hear me? You're doing it all by yourself. Come on guys, you spend almost as much time in your classroom as your kids do. I know you spend more, but you know, they need to be responsible for organizing and cleaning the classroom also. I think I've shared this story on the podcast before, but I once had a coworker team mate approach me about how my classroom was always so clean and organized at the end of the day once all the kids left. She would often come into my room immediately after we were done with bus or car ride or duty or whatever, and she'd sit in my big green chair and we'd talk about the crazy of the day. So I clearly had no time to get my room picked up before she came in. My answer to her was simple. The kids do it. The last 10 minutes of the day was spent packing her backpacks and getting her classroom picked up and put back in order. Kids had jobs that they had to do, and therefore it wasn't all on me to pick up trash, push the tables back together, sharpen pencils, pass out papers. You can read my blog on classroom jobs by going to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash classroom dash, like the actual dash, don't write dash, jobs. 
I don't know what that little dash is called, hyphen maybe? I'm not sure. Anyways, it's simplyorganizedteacher.com slash classroom dash jobs. And I detail out how I implemented jobs and the jobs that I had in my classroom. So give your kids some responsibility. Teach them how you want the classroom to look and then let them be a part of it and let them have that ownership. The last reason you might be failing at classroom organization is because you aren't making it a priority. I think I've talked in past episodes about giving each day a theme. In fact, Angela Watson and I talked about this in last week's episode, episode number 27, and you can listen to us talk about it. But if organization is really a struggle for you, then work it into your routine. Pick a day to work on it. Maybe Friday afternoon, you can devote one hour after the school day to working on organizing a different area in your room, or maybe just organizing the mess from the week before so that when you come in Monday morning, your classroom is organized and ready for the upcoming week. Either way, find a time if organization is important to you and you believe in the importance of it, find a time to make it work and find a time to prioritize it. I'm not a huge advocate for working over time, meaning going up on the weekends or staying late every day after school. Y'all know you hear me talk about that this is not a healthy thing to do, but there are times when it's necessary to give some extra time to our classroom. So if I were a classroom teacher right now and was still back in the classroom, and organizing was something that I wanted to improve on, I'd probably pick a Saturday in the next month or so to plan on spending the day or at least a few hours up at school. And then once I decided when I was going to do it, I would start an organization to-do list. This would be separate from my normal day-to-day to-do list. It would be titled organization to-dos. And as I went through my week, my days over the next few weeks, I would write down things that I need to organize or improve on as I was working in my classroom. Then on the day that I would come up or the day I would stay after, I would just start at that list top to bottom. And knowing me, I would probably, before I started on that list, rewrite the list in the order of the things that I felt were most important to least important or most time consuming to least time consuming, whatever. And then just start on that list at the top and work my way all the way down to the bottom. I'd love to hear from you. Your organization routines you're lacking or what reasons you think you're failing at classroom organization. Come find me on Instagram and let me know. Maybe it's something I already have a blog on and can point you to, or maybe it's something that I can create a resource on to support you and lots of other teachers with. So come find me at the Simply Organized Teacher on Instagram and let me know. If you have a second, please make sure you head to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. I'm looking for some more reviews to read on air, but I need your help. It's super easy and I'll try to get a tutorial up on Insta Stories soon to show you how to do it because it took me forever to figure out how to do it, but... I'll try and get something up there so you can see. And I would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and a review. I'll be back next week with my friend Catherine to talk about teaching tips for teaching our ELLs. Until then, happy organizing. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. Don't forget to head over to the simplyorganizedteacher.com for all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and you can sign up for my email list there. Also, be sure to find the Facebook group because I want to be your social media friend. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com. Hooksounds.